season four of Comic Book Nation. We are back. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and uh, we're back in the studio again. So season four, part B, as we do in the anime world. This is part B, the studio <laughs> sessions. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw. As I said, this is Comic Book Nation, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. Joining me in the studio today is my regular co-host, Matthew Aguilar. Yay, yay! You know him as one of our most frequent guest and wrestling experts, Mr. Connor Casey is with us in the studio today. Back from the dead. What's going on, guys? And all the way from her home, Florida girl, Janelle Wheeler, is with us remotely today. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so none of that matters if you're just downloading our podcast from one of your excellent podcast platforms. But if you're viewing, this is all important. So... Today, yes, we have some studio updates. I think I have a dedicated camera today. Do I? Do, do I? Dedicated camera? Do we have that? Do we have the Kofi cam? Do we have a Kofi cam going? Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, there it is. Oh, flex, 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 flex. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not that kind of show. Let's get back on the rails. Um, but yes, there is a Kofi camera here for all our viewers of the podcast who want to uh, know. We are tweaking as we go along. We're just getting back in the studio, knocking the dust off, guys. But, uh... Aside from our logistics, we do have our regular show to do, so let's get to it here because, as you know, this is Comic Book Nation. We are your one-stop shop for all things geek culture, and we are certainly going to exemplify that today because we're going to take it around the bend like the circular table we're sitting at. So, we got a lot to talk about, and we're going to do our first retro review today. Mostly because I selfishly watched a movie and got so excited about it, I thought I'd drag everybody into it. You did it. hype me up on Twitter after you... Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But uh, my hype was real, so yeah. it's it's very rare that I feel emotions these days. So it was good to get those in. And uh, we're going to share them with you guys. So in our first retro review of Blade, we have a review of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. we got to talk about some new trailers for Doctor Strange 2, what's coming from Star Trek, because we had some big Star Trek announcements this week. And, of course, we got to break down the latest episodes of both Moon Knight the Halo TV series, and Matt and Connor are here, and they just got back from a crazy WrestleMania. So we got to talk about that as well. So full show, enough preamble, let's get started. Guys, did you guys see that latest Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer? It's called what? Dream. If you, I mean, there's a lot of promos for Doctor Strange about? starting. What's Who's that? All that? Oh, yeah, who saw that? Yeah, nobody. Di no, Janelle would never be up on a Doctor Strange trailer. Why would you ever watch something like that? But, um, yeah, we got a new trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's called Dream, and it has people freaking out, and uh, with good reason. We've seen enough from this movie, obviously, from director Sam Raimi and the footage we've seen has been pretty enticing, but uh, this one was like, I don't know when Marvel does this, if Kevin Feige is like giving us clues or just trolling us and just messing with our minds because uh, this did this trailer did several things that fans have been kind of theorizing about all along, including doing a big name drop for the villain or just the name Nightmare, right? So we got... Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch coming in and the sequence with her and Stephen Strange having these dreams and they wake up and she says, every night I have the same nightmare. And Marvel fans, of course, are freaking out because we actually don't know who the villains of Doctor Strange 2 are or villain, villains. There's been so many possibilities, right? Like we've got evil versions of Strange, evil version of Wanda, Baron Mordo's running around. We have something that looks like Shuma Gorath swinging tentacles in one scene and doing that whole thing. And now we get Wanda dropping the word nightmare and this whole thing with them and their dreams. 
So, Matt, you're the expert here. What's going on? Solve this question for every Marvel movie fan. Wow. Who are the villains of <laughs> Doctor Strange 2? Uh, we, I mean, look, we didn't, wasn't the Shumagorath debunked? Wasn't yeah. that a thing that was like, that's not even a thing? No, even Marvel, though, I don't think Marvel can use Shumagorath, yeah. so like, yeah. Uh, even though I understand that, um, you know, like, the obvious looks are similar. Like, it's a big <laughs> kind of starfish-looking thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Nightmare seems to be, that's the one we, we thought coming into this movie, especially back when uh, Derrickson was doing it. Yeah, um, that, that was the room that was the, Raimi. Yeah, that was the big villain that they were supposedly pitching and moving forward with. I have seen nothing to dissuade me from that opinion, so I think it's Nightmare. Here's the thing. I assume Marvel is trolling me at any given time. Ever since WandaVision, <laughs> I do not give in to like tips of the head teases until I see them. So until I see Nightmare, I won't go like it's Nightmare. But everything that has been kind of building here and granted the multiverse stuff will bring in, you know, evil Doctor Stranges and other characters. Right. Uh, that's totally a uh, Maria Captain Marvel take that is not Superior Iron Man and a bunch of people. They've been saying, like, we'll see all those characters come in. But like as a villain. Nightmare. I, that's my pick. That's my pick right now. I haven't seen anything to move me from that. Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with you. Um, Nightmare is oh, kind oh. of where we started from this whole thing, ironically, and then we went down this whole multi-universe rabbit hole. We. But it, it, thinking about <laughs> if there's a villain that can be above overarching all of this and like a, above all this multiverse hopping, all this kind of crazy stuff happening with these two characters, and them dealing with their bad sides and confronting all these aspects of themselves. Like, yeah, Nightmare is one of the only villains that you could have to reveal, like, when they get through the fog of all this non-reality or yeah. changing reality. Like, who's at the pulling the strings? That's one character you could see. Yeah. Um, I would love it if we just did, went right back to the beginning of these rumors and it was Keanu Reeves just sitting there ah. as Nightmare the whole time. That would be amazing. Oh, that would yes. be the best. That would be the best. <laughs> and people would lose their minds, right? So... Yeah, but um, I feel like Nightmare is the one. Now, I don't know if they're going to Patrick Duffy this whole thing and be like, it would be so messed up if you went through this whole adventure and found out that like most of it is just a dream. Don't do that. It's just, don't yeah. bother Newhart it. No, don't do that. Yeah, it's just a dream. Like, by the way, that's an old reference. Reference, yeah. I just made just a Bob Newhart reference. I mean, I Patrick Duffy did, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry. You A Dallas reference? Who who knows of Dallas as much as they know Bob Newhart? There's been a reboot. They have a sequel there's series. There's been a reboot. People yeah. know who Bob Newhart is. Yeah, we're back though. around. People know. People know who. Trying to who date me. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, people will see in the comments. People get that reference. Thank you, Chris. Wait, you, they didn't say who they were talking about. They could have been talking about mine. No, I just assume it's me. Oh. Uh, anyway, moving on. So yes, we are. I mean, Nightmare seems like an increasingly fun possibility for this, and. Of course, nobody's kind of telling us anything. Like, everybody's kind of demurring. He said both. Ah! Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very nice. He must have listened to the show and know he knows to settle this before it gets out of hand. Um, but uh, Sam Raimi has been doing interviews, and what he said is, well, there's iterations of our characters throughout their multiverse, so if I were to say strange, and I'm not really supposed to answer this question, but I might be saying altered strange. Same with Ma, Wanda, and Mordo, but I would say at different times, all of the above. So it's kind of a non-answer and an answer and all wrapped in a one, which, you know, if you go look back over the footage, like, I mean, there are certain suggestions that, like, Mordo and Wanda are going to go throw down with the Illuminati. 
Um, there's clear scenes of them in conflict in that space. And mm-hmm. Strange is, of course, a prisoner. And whatever's happening there, he might be fighting them too, just to get out of there. So, I mean, and as, as we different visit different realities, I feel like this is going to be a larger thematic point about how all of us have these different sides to us right. that we have to choose, you know, which aspects of us we are going to feed, you know, that old thing about the wolf, which wolf is bigger, the one you feed inside of yourself, meaning like if you're bad or you're good, it's which one you indulge in, in access the most. And so I feel like we're going to see different versions of these people. But again, I'm in with you. Nightmare. All right. Would you guys be disappointed if it ended up just being like evil Wanda? I think everybody's going to be disappointed if it's just evil Wanda. I think we're going to have... Marvel will see its first like big backlash if they just Scarlet like throw Scarlet <laughs> Witch under the bus as like just oh it's all her fault you know I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the plan at one point but I feel like they've mm-hmm. backed off that since then yeah yeah going back who took the apple from the tree it's Wanda's fault you know like yeah <laughs> and I don't think they should don't do what Marvel Comics did learn learn we're gonna talk a lot about this but learn from what's happened. Don't do it again. But um, all right, I'm already too deep into this. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts? Matt, have you solved this for us? No, I no, I haven't. Excellent. Good job, buddy. Solved it. Good job. It's all right, moving on. Uh, this is just me because we are your one-stop shop for all things geek culture, except for Star Trek. Then I'm your one-stop <laughs> shop for all things geek culture. So Star Easy Trek. The rest of you can take a break. Uh, get your vocals ready. Uh, Star can. Trek is back, and we had an exciting week at Star Trek this week because. We got a first, like, the official full trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the upcoming kind of prequel slash spinoff. It's a prequel to Star Trek, the original series, and also a spinoff of Star Trek Discovery, which was itself started as a prequel to the original series. Um, And it follows Captain Christopher Pike, who's played by Anson Mount, a man trying to shake off Marvel's uh, inhuman stain and get back to some kind of career glory. Uh, He plays Captain Pike, and he was the original captain of the USS Enterprise before, you know, he was kind of training his protege, Captain Kirk, to take over. So this is the early kind of adventures of the Enterprise with Captain Pike. Um, Spock is is on there, his number one, Rebecca Romaine, and a bunch of other characters. Ahura is when she's just kind of starting out. And this is kind of how they came together as a crew, plus a bunch of new characters. So we got the new trailer, which you can see on comicbook.com Star Trek. And this Strange New Worlds, there's been controversy about Paramount and their new Star Trek TV universe about how they've been kind of more leaning into more adult. There's more cursing, more sexual edge, more kind of things like that. There's also a new age of Star Trek exploring kind of the new era we're living in and inclusive and doing more things with more inclusivity and diversity in our cast and all that. And some people, of course, are resistant to this. But Star Trek Strange New Worlds looks like it could be a bridge because it has that very retro kind of Star Trek feel of the original series of exploration and hope and all that. But it also obviously has a little bit more of the modern streaming edge to it. There's scenes of Pike in bed. He's getting some, you know, there's looks like there's going to be some kind of violent conflict and some other stuff. So awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm jazzed about this. I really like discovery and I liked season two that brought in Spock as Michael Burnham's kind of half brother and that whole storyline. And the new version of Spock, um, I forget the kid, the actor's name. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. How dare you? Uh, yeah, I know. Star Trek people are relentless. I'm gonna <laughs> How get for dare this you? As the person but uh, he did a great job. And so, yeah, that whole vibe with Ka- and Anson Mount, when you put Anson Mount in the right thing, like Hell on Wheels or this role as Captain Pike, he is amazing. Yeah, we got to stop holding in humans to yeah. anybody. Yeah, no. That, that was a train oh, wreck. No. Okay. no, he couldn't, not even he could There was a that. lot of talented people in that, yeah. and that was a train wreck. Yeah, and I would have loved to see his black belt do something. But um, yeah, so 
Star Trek Strange New Worlds is coming, uh, but that wasn't all. Star Trek uh, Picard Season 2 was happening, and, you know, they had to go back and do their Earth back in time thing because of COVID, and they're doing that whole thing this season. But they wanted people to know, like, don't, don't bail out on us. We, we got something big. So they dropped an announcement trailer for Picard that announced that the cast of Star Trek The Next Generation will be getting together in Season 3 of Picard, which is going to be the final season. And they're going out with a bang. It's they the are, final season? Yeah. Oh, I believe I that, that, yeah. Again, don't don't kill That's me if I'm shame. wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I always get nervous about Star Trek and Star Wars about saying anything. But uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the kind of climactic oh. climactic outing. And it's going to be Patrick Stewart, who of course, he's Picard. LeVar Burton's Jordy LaForge, Michael Dorn's Worf, Jonathan Frakes. I'm sorry, I was excited, guys, when I wrote this article. I said Franks because I was rushing this because Jim came and said, get this up! And I was like, oh my God! And I ran it up. But it's Jonathan Frakes <laughs> as uh, Will Riker. He will be back. Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher. Marina Sirtis Cier uh, as uh, Deanna Troy. And Brent Spiner, of course, as Data. Um, some of these people have already appeared in Picard. We've had Brent Spiner's been all over it. Marina Sirtis, Jonathan Frakes all appeared and made appearances. But uh, we're getting the whole band back together. Everybody except Will Wheaton. Mm. And oh. I wrote up a post about Will Wheaton saying, I don't know why I'm not there. And he doesn't. But uh, he hosts an after show for Star Trek. So I was like, it would be kind of weird yeah, if you're trying to host the after show and pretend like, I don't know anything and let me interview people because I don't know anything. And it's like, yeah, that gets weird. So I don't know. But he could come back. Wesley could come back as a traveler. At the as, end, but, uh, as the only, that is the only series in Star Trek that I like followed. Oh, like, Next Generation? Like, like yeah. rather faithfully out of all the different ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Picard was always the one I was almost like, I need to just jump into that. And I never and I never did. Well, this might get me to just binge the first season, jump into season two, because that's now, right? Yeah. And then wait for season. Cause I don't know. There's a there's a there's a nostalgic thing with if oh, it's no, on this TV, is... I watch it. Mm -hmm. Like it's the one Star Trek that I have any kind of attachment to. Dude, you mean you hear you tell me like LeVar Burt and Jonathan Frakes and Michael Dorn are all coming back, like right there. I'm in. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard so, really good things about Picard. Like, really I, good things. I don't try to do it too much here because, A, you know. Oh, not from you. Oh, I uh, know. Because, from A, other people, I, know I promise. I'm the only Star Trek fan I don't up here um, on, on the crew. And because I know that uh, people get all suspect because Star Trek TV Universe streams on the excellent Paramount Plus along with Comic Book Nation. Oh, and yeah. people always think, like, we're just stumping. But, uh, yeah, I love Star Trek Picard. I love Discovery. I love the new Star Trek TV Universe. And I'm excited for Strange New Worlds. So, that's Star Trek. All right, guys. Let's move right on. Oh, quick mention. Man, I didn't put this. I never entered in the show notes, but uh, we'll throw it at you now. Uh -oh. So, you guys remember when we started off the year doing that, will DC or Marvel have the better year in 2022? <laughs> yes, I did. And we did that whole thing. Yes, I and did. I stumped hard for DC. Mm. And I was like, this is going to be the year. Yes. Oh, well, gosh. Flash and uh, Aquaman got pushed back. That was the first, like, oh, no. And, uh, yeah, Flash. Woof. It's rough out there, huh? Yeah. So it's the one I was least excited about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if we have a Flash franchise. Even I even, if we I even said off, I won't so. believe it's a real thing until is, uh, it comes out. And it, it, man, is, is Grant Gustin available? Boy, the internet thinks so. <laughs> I mean, no, hey, no lies. Grant Gustin's tired of the TV show. Uh, we need a new Flash actor. If they end, and they already did the crossover in the show. They so did? if this movie ends with a retcon that out of this whole thing, and it would make sense because if Barry screws up time and Barry has to pay for screwing up time, if we come out of that and there's a different Barry, 
Or if even even if he's like Wally or something, like I'm not mad. So at I have a question. Oh, I have As goosebumps. It, That'd be amazing. Yeah. That, I mean, look, that is a perfect way to get out of this very leave situation this mess alone where it Can, is is it already finished filming like do they have all the footage in the bank to then oh, be able to oh it's been done yeah it's been right. done right okay yeah. so so what it whatever it is it is and they could just do a thing at the end yep you can morbius this whole thing Ooh, it's just morbius. i man yeah um, I, but, I don't know how you whether it's gus or not i'm saying i don't know how you don't do that you which have movie, the characters which he deserves more it. this or fantastic beasts doesn't matter. I, I say the flash <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm because at least because at least so. fantastic beasts had Ooh. two other movies come out Ooh. this Whatever. one has been in development hell forever <laughs> and finally got a new lease on life and then this happens <laughs> yeah. like and so yeah. so we're not too vague uh, just google ezra miller right yeah, now yeah, yeah. Edgar, ezra miller troubles police yeah, no. Assault. And assault. Oof, dude. Losing it, you know, everything, and you'll get some results. So there you go. But yeah, so I mean, if we're if we're using the Flash to clean up a whole bunch of Snyderverse ambiguity still, let's just uh, be like pushing yeah. out the door at the end, you know? That's what uh, that's what Flashpoint is, is that kind of melding of universes is really yeah. good for. Just cherry picking what you want to exactly. say. So. And then like, you know, DC's done it like Let's get out of this mess. Let's get out of this mess. <laughs> All right, so moving right along from News Flash to our reviews. So, reviews today. Um, the first one is I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, was I the only one? I, I always forget. We're kind of, were you there? No, no, I just kind of implanted you in there in my mind, I guess. Um, oh, that's nice, kind of. No, it's because after the movie, we came back here to the office. I brought my son, and he was like obsessed with Connor's Iron Man. See, there, there I have the coolest desk. Yes, yeah, yeah. According to my three year old son, Connor has the coolest desk in this office, which is. Aww. Saying a lot. That's an endorsement right there. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, and I will say, you know, as somebody who was pleasantly surprised by how not terrible Sonic 1 was, um, this is just kind of more in the same. It's, it's not necessarily better. It's not necessarily worse. It's just more of the same kind of thing with an expanded set of characters. Sure. And the expanded set of characters are fun. Uh, Idris Elba's Knuckles, they were smart to give this a spin-off because, I mean, he is obviously a star. Um, and Idris Elba's obviously a star, but Knuckles is, in the way he plays him, oh, as this kind of gruff, violent, but like, you know, he he's kind of like weirdly like the Punisher. He's like really kind of gruff and violent, but he has a code and he's like really strict about his code. But he's also like this very kind of, in an almost anime, anime way, he's like Mr. Code Guy and the rest of the world around him is like, what? <laughs> like, who is this guy? And he doesn't understand how overly serious and kind of absurd he is. And Idris Elba plays that so well. And so Knuckles is just hilarious. So uh, because he's just so kind of rough but goofy at the same time. Because he's like, he's that's like perfect. Looking, yeah, that's, it, that's perfect. And, um, and Tails is cute. And, you know, I don't think the movie utilizes Tails as much as it could, but it, it Tails is very cute. And Everybody who came out of it was just like, oh, God, I love Tails. And so Tails is Aww. Tails is swag is coming back. It also said movie. they got the original yeah. voice actors. Yeah, that was I mean, it, it does make a big difference. Yeah. Like you, it, it is Tails. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, and the human story and all that stuff is kind of cool. I think it goes on a little bit too long. Uh, it is like two hours or something. And I think the last set piece, oh. that they there's like 15 different last set pieces that blow up into the big, you know, robotic yeah. robot till you get there. But uh, it's cool when it gets there. And the final fight where when you finally have like Sonic Tails and Knuckles come together, that's awesome. So 
Yeah, Sonic 2. I mean, this is going to be a franchise and it's going to it's going to live on. And, and I, for one, am psyched for that knuckle show. So uh, all important question here, uh, you know, after do, do people stick around? Yes. And after credits, you got a Sonic fans. First of all, there's some stuff in the climax you're going to go nuts for. Mm. And you do have to stick around because they set up the next chapter of the franchise. And they introduce, uh, I'm not going to tell you what the, but there is post credits. They go the Marvel route. Yeah. There is a button scene that is nice. supposed to get everybody getting in the Sonic verse hyped. So stick around for that post credits. You get a free download experience. code for a game. What's that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even you get know. I hope so. Code. Not in my screening. But uh, no, there's some good stuff that people from the uh, Sonic universe are going to want to stick around and see. So check it out. All right. And yes, Sonic 2. More not terrible content. There you go. What a ringing. <laughs> Put a bow on it. All right, let's get to our fun little retro review here. Or should we take a break first? And then yeah, let's, let's take a break. Let's take a break, pay the bills. And anybody who wants to stick around after we paid the bills, we have a whole bunch of fun coming. We're going to talk about our retro review, Blade, the latest episode of Moon Knight, the latest episode of Halo, bunch of wrestling and some comics. Comic Book Nation. Stay tuned. Stuck. You just saw intros from several but, but, different but, variant timelines. Which one have you landed in? I don't know. CB but it is Comic Book Nation, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We are here in the comicbook.com studios. We just talked about the news, but now it's time to get into our deep dive of content this week. Uh, I just did the review for Sonic 2. Be sure to check that out on comicbook.com gaming. We have a bunch of Sonic 2 reviews, breakdowns of the movie, all that good stuff. Now, we're unrolling, we're at season four, and it's about season, this time in a show, where things get old and stale, and you have to go to a bag <laughs> of tricks that people are familiar with, but you still gotta go to them. So now we're doing retro reviews. There you go. There you go. So Love we're doing it. retro reviews now, I'm just kidding. Mostly because, like I said, I saw a movie that I hadn't watched in a long time, got really jazzed about it, and decided to drag everybody else into my mess. So we are doing our first retro review here at Comic Book Nation, and it is going to be Blade. What I next call time the you're going to give me more of a heads up. What's that? Right. Next time you're going to give me more of a heads up so I can watch it again with you guys. Bro, yeah. I, I messaged you guys on like yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. And, what? Okay, so I'm just, here's the thing. It's let on me, Netflix. Let me put it out there. Next week's Roman Holiday. I just rewatched it. Classic movie. That's what we're doing next week. Yeah, we won't be. But Thank you for anyway. <laughs> Don't let these kids fool Such you. Such a good movie. I gave them plenty of heads up to see Blade. I did it as soon as I did it. Anyway. Mine said yesterday morning and I took a 12 hour drive, so. Yeah, it was yesterday. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> you guys are, and you by guys the way, are, that movie's long. You guys that are. movie feels long. It's two long. hours. It feels long. It feels long. Wow, we're okay. So first of all, starting our retro review with these two complaining about the review. <laughs> I have to start doing retro <laughs> reviews because are you two getting out to see Sonic? Anybody here? Hey, Anybody man. here? Hey, yeah, okay. So then we hey, got it. Did, did you want to cry baby there? Because that's who was going to be there. Yeah, yo, man. <laughs> that was going to be with me at Sonic. Oh, my God. Ever's right. not feeling Sonic right now. All right? That's all I'm saying. Give, you guys, give her a couple of years. You guys. I'm gonna this is a this retro though, review I made I for you in your now. homes, and you're still. This is you failed. Behind the scenes <laughs> level of diva and devodom that I fail. deal with here. Fail, fail. Epic pile of fail. Well, all right. I'm going to go in. You guys, Blade, let's talk about this. 
So Blade, I hadn't watched this, like sat down and really watched Blade. I, I tend to go back to Blade 2 just because it's easier to kind of put on when you're doing stuff. Um, a lot of fun, but uh, first Blade, what I would refer to as the godfather of comic book movies. I saw this in 1998, right before getting out of high school. Um, at that time, I was actually studying if, you know, comic book movies could be a major form of media and all this stuff. But that's neither here nor there. That changed my life like it changed so many other people's lives. To see this minor Marvel character star in a blockbuster movie with a very kind of serious be actor behind it. And to kind of take the material seriously and create this ahead of its time rated R blockbuster comic book movie for adults. So... Blade came out, and right from the blood rave scene in the beginning, I was hooked. Um, Wesley Snipes was at the top of his game back then. Yeah, it was. But when you go back and watch it, it's crazy to just see how much of a pioneer this movie was to this day, even now. Some of the stuff that it's doing, comic movies are trying to come back to and do, yeah. which is hilarious. Um, first of all, the casting in this movie is just insane. Like, let's just, you go back and you watch, and it's always funny to go back and after you have more experience with film and actors have bigger careers and go back and see these things. But, like, you got a movie where Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson, you know, <laughs> singer Chris Christopherson are paired. Who is so is, good. And is so good so as good. just a central pair of Blade and Whistler. And a lot of their relationship and what they do in the movie, there's not, like, a whole bunch of heart-to-heart -heart between these two men. A lot of it's just kind of this unspoken father-son bond that they have going, um, but it's amazing. And like, I don't think they say a nice thing to each other like throughout the whole movie. It's just like Christopherson talking trash Not the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but it's, it works so well and it's so convincing yeah. that like you believe that they are this kind of weird surrogate family. And it's just so berserk to just look at the casting and be like, we're going to do a movie. We're putting Chris Christopherson in it with Wesley Snipes. And nowadays you hear that and your brain just goes like, what? And it's going to work. Yeah, and it's going to work. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, but it does. And like, yeah, Blade and Whistler are still like oh, that two of the so best freaky. pair of just characters uh, in a comic book movie. But um, yeah, Stephen Norrington, who made this movie and like seemingly did not make another good movie ever, Aww. still pulled this off. It's just the darkness. Like we're talking about the Batman now, but like the darkness and the cinematography in yeah. this movie and just how good it looks when some of, so much of it is at night with people of color in the leads. And it still looks so awesome. crisp and beautiful and just like so well done. It's nuts. And if you get to see this in modern like 4K and stuff like that, like I highly suggest it because it, strangely, some of the computer generated effects are really Dude, funny. That towards the end, yeah. there that like ending climactic sequence is the only for me rough spot. Every, like everything else kind of holds up. It's just the like demon skeletons like bursting out yeah. of the thing. Like yeah. that looks rough. <laughs> that looks funny. Um, looks some rough. of when Steven Dorf gets cut and like oh, blood yeah, the pulls blood pulls it back together. But His I think hands. things like when they go to the archives and they're all looking at computer screen simulations yeah. of like what that looked like in the 90s. Yeah. It looks like someone just cheap missed game or something. Like it's nuts. That's like watching Hackers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> so that stuff looks a little dated, but all the actual action scenes, like Wesley Snipes was at the top of his game and the action scenes in this are just crazy for how long some of them go on and how intricate they so are good. with him and just yeah. other martial arts stunt performers. It's insane. I mean, that first, okay, so that first sequence, I forgot how kind of gruesome. The blood rain. That, oh, oh my yeah. God. I forgot how graphic that is. So like, I'm watching it and like I'm I'm writing and stuff. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, oh God. Like I kind of look up at the thing and then I, I was, but I was glued the whole sequence because we're like, okay, 
I forgot how gnarly this is, but I got I, I couldn't take my eyes off it. And then when he gets in there, he leads with the shotgun and then the sword comes out. And even towards the end, like the final conflict, which shows, by the way, that you can do a a one on one as a final fight and make it awesome. You don't have to do like a lot of movies and Marvel movies are the same way. A lot of times they fall into like we got to make some massive spirit or some giant monster for everybody to fight. And it's like, no, just do one on what it was good. It was great. And so, yeah, aside from the blood. I think it's fair to call this the Godfather because even just looking at the trailer, like I see bits of Spider-Man, the original X-Men trilogy, Constantine, yeah. Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. There's so much that other movies stole from this. Yeah. And yet when people talk mm -hmm. about like the original wave of superhero movies mm -hmm. in the 2000s, this one's always forgotten. Yeah, they leave this out a lot. Yeah. I mean, I had left it out. I mean, see. there's so, And this was so iconic to me when I saw it. But the other thing that I want to mention is First of all, Stephen Dorff. I don't think anybody's ever been a cooler villain. <laughs> He's so It's cool. just in this. And, and I didn't realize like how much of this movie, because we now like kind of rate like what villains do in a movie. And mm -hmm. so much of this is just scenes of him just on this 90s pretty boy, yeah. like American Psycho vibe, just yeah. kind of hanging out in rooms, talking to people. Not even talking, just listening to people talk with an annoyed look on his face and then saying something smart <laughs> ass and then like walking away. It's most of his role in this movie <laughs> mm -hmm. until like the very end. Love He's that. still so frightening and like, so good as Deacon Frost. It, it's crazy. But um, the one thing I really wanted to talk about was how crazy the script is by David S. Goyer, because we're so used to making fun of David S. Goyer for some of the things he's done since then. But this script is so tight in this movie, and it takes some really weird chances that I did not remember. I've just, I blocked out of my brain, but you look back and you're like, this is a comic book movie? And they went with this stuff? And you're like, wow, okay. Like the whole twist with Sanaya Lathan, spoilers for, you know, Blade from yeah. 1998, but Sanaya Lathan <laughs> as his mother, I had totally blocked that out. Like I had totally forgotten about that. I know she was in the beginning and she's dying and he remembers that. But when she wakes up in the coffin, they have that weird Oedipal thing in the middle where Frost is like kind of yeah. his new daddy yeah. and his Very mom's kind of like up. kissing yeah. him. And I was just like, wow, like, okay. If that happened in modern comic book movies today, the Ooh, internet would That would not happen. Fall apart. I don't think that happens at yeah, all. Yeah, the internet would fall apart with that kind of just, it'd be like, that's never been in canon. This is, what is this? Like, uh, they, was she hanging out in a pizza shop somewhere? Uh, like, yeah, it's just nuts. Like, great imitation. <laughs> so it, it was just, it's crazy. But like, yeah, that twist was nuts. Um, and just the small things that this script does so well. Like, Dr. Karen Jensen's such a great, I mean, oh, we talk yeah. about, like, female roles in comic movies, and then you watch, like, how Marvel Studios went through that whole generation of just making their female characters just, like, girlfriends. Yeah, yeah they regressed. Like, what happened? They regressed. Yeah. Like, you watch this, and you're like, yeah. oh, she's, she's awesome. She's yeah, she's on top of it the whole time. Yeah. She never really trusts Blade. She's, like, on top of her own thing. She's, like, she and saves she's the one herself. Working, yeah, she saves herself. She's working on the serum. She yeah. saves him, saves like, him. twice. Yeah. Like, you, there's a lot going on here with that character. And then to see, you're right, that first phase one set of movies, that's, yeah. uh, well, I wonder what <laughs> that happened. But they even go so far as the, like, the minor thing of her ex in that whole creepy thing, mm -hmm. like how he lures her down to the morgue in the beginning, things you don't remember. Yeah. Because we were in a different world back then. And now in a post-Me Too world, you watch that scene, you're like, wow, they had that in there? Because she was like a doctor, she had an ex, and yeah. in the beginning, he lures her down to the morgue to look at a body that's Donnell Logue's vampire, but... He's also trying to get back with her after she's made it clear that like, we're done, we're over. And they even bring it around at the yeah, end where yeah. she gets to beat him like half to death in the pit before that really weird edit of her climbing up the That was thing. a great scene. Yeah, was and freaky. he's just screaming after her. You also brought up Logue. Oh, my oh God. yeah. 
Hello, he is Don so. I forgot how great he was in this movie because he's constantly losing limbs. He loses his hand twice, his arm, and his his face is all scarred up, and he keeps oh, coming yeah. back. It's so good. He was such a great kind of henchman B character. Oh, I you, tweeted, you end up remembering him almost as much as Dorf. Dude, I tweeted that like, yeah, it's not fair to every other actor who's had to play a henchman after that. Like, <laughs> he's so good. That's Don Allo that, that you get to do and that. And the way he off. runs away every time, oh, he's yeah. a, ah, so he runs down the thing. It's so good. Oh man, oh. yeah. Um, Blade. For those asking in the comments, is streaming the whole Blade trilogy is streaming on Netflix right now, so you can watch all three. I kind of want to watch Blade but, Two, but don't watch Blade Three. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that to myself soon. Wow. Um, I saw one and two, and I really enjoyed it. So I just wanna, I wanna kill my joy. Have I seen Blade Three? Triple H, Trinity, Ryan Reynolds. Triple H, Ryan seen... Reynolds. Well, I know he's just gonna be a beardless I Triple H. I don't think I've ever actually right. watched it all the way through. I think I've just seen pieces. It's almost more fun to read the behind-the-scenes story of Blade Three than it yeah. is to watch Blade That's Three because right. that is hilarious. If you've never, Jim you've said never Blade Three is great. If you've never heard the behind-the-scenes story of Blade Three, is amazing. Um, yeah, so I will not out. take the disrespect of Blade 3. Okay, let's move on to something. Uh, Janelle, we didn't hear you from you. Uh, did you actually watch Blade? I feel so like you're Moon faking Knight. it. What's that? I just said, what, so what about Moon Knight? There you go. Like, let's get to Moon Knight. Something that'll make Janelle and Jim very happy. You gotta keep these J's happy. All right, so yes. Moon Knight from one Marvel. <laughs> hero of the night to another mm -hmm. so moon knight episode two is now out and um yeah the big things that kind of happened in this episode is we learn more about the connection between mark specter and stephen grant we learn more about who moon knight is and and what the connection is to this entity Khonshu. uh we get to know the kind of backstory of ethan hawks Ar arthur harrow um and of course the big headline splash moment mr is knight Mr. Knight made his debut um, in a very different way than in the comics uh, that people have been kind of debating. So uh, let's talk about some of that stuff. Oh, we also got some minor things that I thought were potentially very important for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, let's start with that. So picking up in the aftermath of the first episode, uh, one of the big things that stuck out to me is they reveal and they make a point several times to hammer it in this episode that the supernatural beasts he's fighting are invisible mm -hmm. to the average human person. Mm -hmm. And I did a spin out article about this on comicbook.com Marvel and I was saying that was a kind of crucial, potentially crucial thing because it's a good way for Marvel, it's a familiar trope in comic books, in comic book movies. Um, Constantine made a big thing out of it. Uh, Harry Potter did this whole thing about it. But the fact that there is a barrier between the supernatural and quote unquote normal worlds where yeah. normal people can't see this is, but is really important but for the MCU because as Marvel gets into this, it's trickier and trickier to kind of weave these stories into the larger yeah. MCU. But saying, oh, the supernatural stuff, people, it was always happening. People just can't yeah. see it unless, even heroes, unless you're like tuned into this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it allows, you know, even Hawk can say he was a Moon Knight and you don't have to be like, well, where was he? Like, you know. Did they establish that, that in Doctor Strange? The original Doctor Strange? That mysticism, yes. Okay. Mysticism, yes. So magic, mysticism, yes. It's okay. how Harry Potter rules, but the supernatural creatures thing, I think, is important. Okay. Because yeah. um, it could be very important to like Blade, Black Knight, all this stuff about you know, you're facing things that people can't see, see that are in the world around us. So there's that. We found out more about Mark. We met Layla. Um, what did you guys think? I thought this episode was great for on a character front. I mm -hmm. thought Oscar Isaac, this we really did a lot for Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke yeah. to allow them to kind of just play together and, you know, really establish both how great they are and 
the fundamental kind of deepness of their characters and why they're on this collision course. And that scene where he goes to the cult town was, yeah. Just I, them walking and talking is just great. Yeah, I think um, Ethan Hawke is the real kind of MVP of this episode, kind of low-key. Like, But, you know, I understand that Oscar, Oscar Isaac should mm. get a lot of flowers uh, for this performance because it was great, especially because he's reacting so much to and man the, but, i understand why they made also the enemies invisible because all the budget went to country right. <laughs> so well, if Hawk you, is just chewing up every scene oh my and it's man so yeah. good and it's so i have not i didn't think i would have a connection to this villain so quickly like i don't know like a real level other than just being oh hey he's a marvel baddie like i actually really feel I understand where he's coming from and, and you can understand what some of the arguments are that he's making uh, to Stephen and Mark. So that part is really cool. I know I've seen the debate about Mr. Knight. Uh, I understand where it comes from because, you know, what's the debate? The appearance? Well, let's just establish for comes. people who are listening in the comic. Mr. Knight was established in the 2010s as a kind of alternate personality for Moon Knight, which is a street level kind of detective. He's kind of, he's the guy who goes and like, like I said, he does the street level investigations yeah. around his neighborhood and he's kind of Mr. He's very no nonsense. He's kind of Batman-ish. He always has kind of the upper hand of knowledge. He, and he's very kind of dry and sarcastic and he's kind of a less heroic, more kind of noir beat cop version of Moon Knight. Uh, in the show, what they've done is establish that Mr. Knight is the man of Moon Knight manifestation of the Stephen Grant personality. Yeah. So, so he's like Stephen mm -hmm. in a and in those suit. they're very two very distinct people in the books and they've combined them which to me my whole thing coming into this was Grant is the least interesting aspect of Moon Knight for me just right. looking at the whole so I was hoping they would try and find something to add to him to make him compelling because he's not a character that's going away. Right. Because in the comics, sometimes you don't always get everybody. You might you might see a little bit of Steven or Jake or whatever, but then they go away and whoever's driving mm -hmm. is kind of the main star in the show. They're really keeping they seem to be kind of building like now we figure Jake will be next yeah. at some point. So they're really kind of keeping everybody in as they introduce them. And if that's the case, then I don't know. I kind of ate this up. And for taking it for what it is, that it is not the comics verbatim. I was cool with it. I laughed. I, I had a fun time with it. I thought it it fit his character, the whole suit thing. Mm. Like, oh, I summoned the suit. Like that whole like, suit <laughs> was great. It was awesome. And it fit with who he is as a character. So to get them both in the show and to have that alternating, I'm cool with that. But I understand where the debate comes from because it's, you know. Guys, guys I'm going to say something controversial. What's up? From a structural standpoint, and this might not stick by the end of it. But so far, from a structural standpoint, this is the best Marvel show, period. Better than Whoa. anything that Disney Plus has created so far. And here's why. Every other series to this point has kind of been baiting you to try and keep you watching for some sort of big reveal at the end. With WandaVision, we all thought, oh, who is actually causing all of this? Maybe it's Mephisto, and we're throwing out 20 different theories at once, and then it winds up, it's just Wanda. With uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, hey, we're in Madripoor. Who's the stockbroker? Who's the power broker? Uh, are we going to see Patch? Are we going to see any mutants? Uh, are we going to see bigger, outstretching things from the comics? Nope, not really. 
um, with Loki. Is it an, another Loki pulling all of these strings? We got to keep watching to see if it's that Emperor Loki that we saw in the trailer, if it's going to be him. With What If, it's, hey, are we going to get a good show at some point? With Hawkeye, it's, hey, is Kingpin showing up at some point? We all, were, we all just kept waiting each episode, and they kept baiting us for some sort of big reveal. Two episodes in, we know what Steven's deal is. We know what Mark's deal is. We know what Conchu's deal is. We have a general idea of everything that's going on, and now the story can actually progress, as opposed to just, hey, here's one more thing behind the curtain for you to wait till episode five or six to actually reveal. I kind of agree with you, but kind of not. I think that what Moon Knight is doing better than a lot of other shows, and kind of what Legion did is it's playing with this mental health thing and the ability to kind of have missing information and it's making you feel as if we are going somewhere while leaving so many mysteries mm -hmm. like in the wings that we're that you don't think necessarily to question until you start to back up and ask yourself questions. But we're not all sitting yeah. around waiting for a character no, like Doctor Strange. Not, no, to it's show not up. dependent on it. But no. I think well, that's what I think what I agree with you is that <laughs> It's doing a good job of moving us and not bogging us down in these questions. Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, I think I am always waiting for Dr. Strange. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I nailed it. Like, I think that it's really nice to understand what's going on because it, it's very easy to get intimidated by a character that you don't have, like, this comic book knowledge of. And the fact that, like, anyone can follow this that have, has not read the comic is really a success story in my mind, because yeah. that was the one thing that I was most nervous about was like, is this just going to be like for the deep dive fans that know this character and get these multiple personalities? Um, and the fact that like my friends and family that know nothing about it are following, I think that's really important and good to see. I yeah. agree. Like, like, talk to Jim for five minutes about Moon Knight and you figure out this is a dense property. But two yeah. episodes in, I got a pretty good idea of what's going on. Yeah, and that's that's the strength of the MCU when it is at its best. And I think it they've pulled so far, two episodes in, they've pulled off this. And it's a that's a not a, the easiest character to get across and to actually not even get across, but without simplifying to the point of like, well, that's not really them. Mm -hmm. And so far they've done a really right. good job. Just to point out what you don't know, you don't know how, what Mark Spector's life was, how he came across Conchu, how he became Moon Knight, what he did for all those years since then with Layla, sure. why he's after the Scarab, and like any of that. You don't know mm -hmm. sure. that. So, props to Moon Knight. All right, let's talk about I like nice butts and I cannot lie. Halo episode three is fly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where does that come from? <laughs> Where does that come from? No, no. Did you watch no, Halo no, no. episode three? Uh, yes, but wow. <laughs> I still didn't see that coming. I'm sorry. That's why it's good, man. So Halo episode three, uh, people are asking, you know, where do we sit in the divide? There's this. There's been mixed reactions to this series. And, uh, you know, it's, it actually came up in here before we started. Like, yeah. where does everybody stand now that we're three episodes in? I will say that um, in Halo episode three, I can see where some production things need to improve and some directorial things, but uh, they got a new showrunner, so I know that that's yeah. coming up. And for what we do get, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy this expanded, multi-part look at the Halo mythos. It's making it feel more established for me yeah. than the games ever did. Agreed. Like the USMC and the fall of the Reach and the rise of the Covenant and all these secondary characters, I never paid attention to any of them. Like the USMC commanders, all that. Yeah. No, no, no that love mattered. for the Arbiter. No, I mean, no the love Arbiter, for the Gray Mind. The Gray Arbiter mind. was 
I mean, the Arbiter, you got to cut people with a sword. Of course I remembered him, but like, I'm saying like the secondary supporting characters. Yeah. Or Dr. Halsey and all this stuff. Like, none of that mattered to me. Yeah. But now it does matter to me in the show. Yeah. And I think that Pablo Schreiber is doing a great job. Like I said, I still maintain that in and out of the armor, he's doing a great job of making Man. Master Chief an interesting character as John, not just yes. Master Chief. Yes, thank you. Um, and, and, you know, as a Spartan. And I think that stuff, the character work is very good. And, and it's nailing that kind of Game of Thrones balance of, you know, scenes of talking and, you know, progression and political intrigue yeah. and action. And it has some pretty kick-ass action. So Halo Episode 3 was a big episode. Spoilers, you know, where we got to meet Cortana. Yeah. And man, that origin was, it was well done in the sense that it was pretty horrific. Like, you yeah. know, And I said at the beginning of Halo that what I love about this show is that Everybody, all the characters involved seem to be balanced between not being completely good and not being completely evil, but like having aspects of both. And yeah. any one of them can be very heroic and do something noble, but you also can see where they can do something very frightening yeah. and make a very frightening decision. And you see that this week with Dr. Halsey and that clone and just the... The sci-fi of that like really just bugged me out of her just talking to her own yeah, clone. It was, yeah. The clone being smart <laughs> enough surreal, to be yeah. like realize what was going on and then yeah. just having his brains like sucked out, you know? Yeah. Was which surreal. was pretty horrific. Yeah, like was, when you saw and they did it, and Halo gets pretty raw with it. Like they had that needle over yeah. the eye, which Oh my god, I had to turn away. Yeah, I twit yeah, that's the I thing. Turned I turned away and then I waited for a while and then I turned back and it was like, psych gotcha! Yeah, I know. Ah, and then just jabbed that. her in her eye, and I was like, oh my god. Uh, I was like, you guys are the worst, but yeah. Janelle, what'd you think? Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm all about this show and I did not think I would be. I've never ever played campaign on these games. All I've ever done is just jump into a game and shoot things and sword things. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, this is an actual like story and I'm about it. And uh, each of these actors, I've really been enjoying their performances, um, especially like scientists, like her whole thing. I, is she bad? Is she good? I don't know. I can't really figure her out. And then John, of course, is really amazing to watch, like his journey and I, all these things about him and uh, like not feeling emotion and stuff like I didn't know any of that. I, I don't yeah. even know if that's laid out in the games at all, but it's really interesting. It makes for an interesting story. So yeah, I'm hooked. I'm like waiting every week for the next episode. Yeah. I think, I think you nailed it. And I think Kofi nailed it too, when he was talking about like John as a, as a person, that is something that yes, the games, I'm not going to like discredit the games for not diving into that in some regards. Them buns, keeping them buns away. Well, that, they the did not, that they did not. Um, but, and that was a crazy scene too, because I have the hardest time with like blood and like <laughs> Interesting choice of words. incisions and like whatever. That was, Tell that us was about your hard. hardest yeah, time. That was very hard. Anyway, so my point is that I played through the first three games campaign wise, and I did it in the best way possible, which is co-op. So I did it with friends. And friends who like know the franchise and are like, oh man, this is cool because of this. And I just, it never like clicked that way for me. And even just a couple episodes in, when you, when they go to the world and like, when everyone starts yelling, the covenant's here, you feel that in a way that I never, that they have those same things in the games of like, oh man, like they're here, we gotta run. Never felt that sense of tension, never felt that mm -hmm. like weight to it. And there's weight to these places. There's weight to these characters because we know them as people and not just 
a armored badass. And while Master Chief is undeniably cool, I never felt any kind of connection to him as a, as a person or why I should care, you know? Uh, and, and Cortana was always fun. Their relationship was always fun. But again, here it grounds it in uh, a very conflicted, complex relationship, right? He doesn't want anything to really do with her. She's like, I'm just trying to do my job. Then you get the, like, I can really help you. But then she's also kind of telling Halsey, like, hey, he's trying to do this. And she's like, earn his trust. There's all this gray in this relationship. And that's what makes it great. And so, yes, I understand for people who, like, adore the games and know all the lore, this might not be clicking for them. And it seems like online, that's kind of the biggest clash is like people who are diehard fans are like, well, this doesn't really feel like Halo to me. And for people like me who aren't diehard fans and who are kind of always wanted to get that hook, this is doing it for me. Like I am in on this show. I will finish it. I am look forward to season two. I'm excited. Um, it actually makes me want to go play a Halo game. And ultimately at the end yeah. of the day, that's kind of the whole dang point, right? It's like it wants to get you into the universe. Yeah. Yeah, this has been the greatest launch pad for Halo Battle Royale that I've ever seen. So, <laughs> three, four, three. <laughs> All right, so we like Halo. We're against them. We're against the grain on this. We are liking Halo, and not just because it streams mm -hmm. on the excellent Paramount Plus. <laughs> we can find a mountain of entertainment like Comic Book Nation. This is but it's because we just like it. Um, all right, Matt. Now is your portion portion of the show. Take over. By the way, Paramount Plus also has endless episodes of Bar Rescue, and Bar Rescue is great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Taking back control from Matt, we're going to go in and uh, get to some wrestling. I want to give you guys time to do your WrestleMania recap. So Matt and maybe Connor, Connor, bring some sanity. What happened that had that broke the internet at WrestleMania 38? Kofi, you can't ask me to bring sanity to something that makes no sense, and that's what wrestling is. Boom! But yeah, guys, I am back from WrestleMania 38 down in Dallas. Had a lovely weekend uh, over at Jerry World to watch two nights of action. Also got to see a little bit of Ring of Honor. Uh, probably the best tag match I've ever seen live was really? FTR versus the Briscoes. If you haven't seen it, it really is that good. Um, as far as Mania goes, Matt, because you were you were sitting right along here at home watching yeah. it, helping out with the coverage. Uh, the big story coming out of it is Roman versus Brock. Again, part five. Part, yeah. This time to combine <laughs> the WWE and Universal Championships. Now, Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. I have seen this match in a cage, and I have seen this match when fans rage. I have seen it amongst the laymen, and I have seen it with Paul Heyman. And I gotta tell you, there was <laughs> nothing in this match that I hadn't already seen, and I have been working on that rhyme all day. Have you? It doesn't come across at all. I have been working Who on that. Who are the top five rappers of all time? Dylon, Dylon, Connor, Connor, and Connor. Well, so what's funny is this... this photo right here of Brock working the arm. That is honestly the loudest reaction the entire match got. And do you know why? Because it was the only thing we hadn't seen. Also, he legit hurt him. And he legit <laughs> did hurt him. The problem with this match was that every other match they've had, they just spam finishers. They, they, yeah. they set the game settings to where you just have an infinite amount of finishers. You can break them out whenever you want. That's I don't true. know what game does that, but Most that's what they had here. All, you, all they were really focused on was that visual right there of him holding up both championships. There was nothing I saw in this match other than a Kimura for five seconds that I hadn't seen before. And I think because that injury it took away from this match, and when it just was a very matter-of-fact, oh, it's a win, there's no Dwayne coming out at the end to tease something for the future, the energy was kind of sucked out of the room. It was really kind of a, that's it? That, yeah. That's all we got after two nights of this? Yeah. And that was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I can see why that was... I even said coming into this, the match was not what I was looking forward to. No. It was the story. It was just like, hey, get him the titles, throw a twist in, 
there was no twist. There wasn't a twist. But he got the titles at the end of the day. And I was like, maybe that comes from someone who's like, WWE swerves at the weirdest times. And I was like, oh, don't do that. Don't, don't take the titles off and don't kill it now. That would be the big shock. And everyone would be talking, but for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Here, it's a little deflating because the thing you thought would happen happened. But I'm okay with that because that's ultimately what I wanted coming out of here. Uh, but I understand the match was boring. It was pretty boring. Especially after what we had just like we seen. Just, we just got this match in October. <laughs> yeah. And there was there was nothing different from that one except, hey, is Paul going to betray Roman? This no. is one of the few times where the buildup was better than the match. Yeah. The buildup was good. All the stuff that happened. Brock Lesnar lifted them in a forklift in, in an SUV, and then he attempted murder. Beat a car times. with a pickaxe. <laughs> like these are things that happened on TV, and they were great. He's the happiest Viking cowboy <laughs> He's amazing, you'll ever see. Man, I love Babyface Brock. But that that was definitely not the highlight of this weekend, no. Matt. The highlight of this weekend was the fact that I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. I didn't think it was possible. I, I did not believe for one second that the that the bell was going to ring. Yeah. He was going to have a legit match and look at what Sting's doing over in AEW and say, hold my damn beers because I'm going to take a <laughs> suplex on concrete. All 80 of them. He took, yeah, he oh had my. so many beers thrown to him during that match. Like he's going to, he's going to be pounding beers, fighting oh a guy Lord. for 10 minutes. What if Steve, what if he had gotten like seriously injured? That's what we were all worried about. Him. He took, he took a suplex on concrete. <laughs> and then, like this man has had the worst neck yeah. in pro wrestling history. And yet here he is, 19 years after his last match, coming out and nailing stunners like he never left. I saw someone uh, tweet, I can't remember who it was, but that it was crazy that someone who has been away for that long can still do a clean suplex yeah. better than like people who are doing it every day. And you're like, hey, so, some things don't, you don't, you don't miss, right? You don't unlearn them. Like it's just there. And I'm so happy for Kevin Owens, like the quintessential yeah, indie wrestling guy. He's the one that yeah. gets to stand across from Austin. And he was great the and whole time. The whole, yeah. He rolls his eyes when the ATV comes out. He's like, I'm going to beat you in a match because you're going to take this no holds barred challenge and you know you can't beat me. And Austin's like, just ring the damn bell. I'm it's, ready. I mean, I predicted the bell would ring. you tell in that photo that he was thinking my tailbone and knees are going to be done <laughs> as yeah. soon as I hit the mat. I need this. some time to recover. Yep. And also... He was, you know, well, let's get to this, actually. This is the perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> See, for as Who's great, old man who for as, great as night one was, then this old man shows up in night two with weirdly well-defined shoulders. 70 what? 73? 76, 76? I think. 76. He, he's man, up there. I wish he, he literally looked like an old man okay? who got lost <laughs> and, like, wandered into a I don't look like it now. He's like, I heard you're having beers here. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've had those loggers. They're actually pretty good. Those are the ones he makes. <laughs> you, yeah, they have them here in town. Yeah. I tried them. They're good. Um, no, so night one, I thought stayed head and shoulders above night oh, two, and yeah. a, and a, and I was completely off with that guess. I thought night one had too much filler, and then night two was going to be yeah. the one that stood out. Night two was good. Night one. The other thing. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, a certain American nightmare <gasps> is, is back in WWE. He has crossed the forbidden door. And like is now fully back with WWE. Cody Rhodes is back, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing that shocked me about this wasn't that the match with him and Seth was great. You put two great guys in a ring, give them 20 minutes, you're going to get a great match. Yeah. It's the fact that the presentation was unchanged. Yeah. The perfect. same music, same Homelander jacket, same, 
Cody Vader coming mm-hmm. up through the floor, which, by the way, got stuck on Raw. I don't know if anybody knows. No! It did. It got stuck halfway up. Oh, no. Um, everything about the AEW presentation was still here, and I was shocked by that because I thought there's no way they're going to do that. But as soon as he walks out, Variety drops an interview, and Cody's describing his conversation with Vince, and Vince is like, yeah, this is what we're buying. Yeah. We're, we're not buying you. We're buying the entire presentation yeah. of you, so we're not changing anything. Yeah. Even the logo was the same. Yeah, even the logo was the same. Which, by the way, if you, I've watched his entrance at least five times. I've watched mm-hmm. it over and over again. Because the fever pitch that hits when just the, the lights go up and the music hits is, is enough. It's huge. And then as soon as they see him rise up, it's amazing. It's like when people watch those Endgame reactions mm-hmm. all the time. You hear just this giant jump up somehow in pitch and like fervor it was amazing it's, it's awesome to watch him get such a great ride and just, by the way seth plays a great part in this he's the perfect troll welcome to the big leagues like welcome back welcome, to the big leagues home. yeah welcome was, was well no then he said welcome yeah, back Monday. to yeah. the big leagues yeah uh in the thing so he's constantly trolling him he's he's smiling when he's there this but, was but great Kofi, for like a comic book reference here this is superman showing up in marvel Unchanged. Oh, no, I'm about to get at you because uh, I actually put you on to this. Our boy, if you guys go back to Comic Book Nation a couple weeks ago, okay. we talked to uh, producer Adi Shankar, oh, and yeah. one of our conversations was about wrestling, and and I can see it here in the wrestling story queue. Nobody ever took it, so it's still <laughs> sitting there since March 8th. Hollywood producer Adi Shankar <laughs> thinks Cody Rhodes is the next John Cena. Ooh whole bunch of quotes where he goes in about how Cody Rhodes is his friend and like is one of the biggest things that wrestling is not using right now and that how Cody Rhodes needs somebody needs to realize and grab Cody Rhodes and realize he's the next big thing and that was right before this happened in my defense I wasn't on that episode that's fine it's it's still there you guys in my, can, it's in still my defense I hope you guys have awesome I content. didn't see it <laughs> in your defense but. you forgot so Cody was, Cody was great Roman Brock was meh Stone Cold was awesome but I still think the match of the weekend from WWE side. You guys say it was Becky. Yeah, Bianca. it was. <laughs> it was so fantastic. The, Bianca's entrance was an all timer. So good. Getting Texas Southern's marching band to come out while she's in like this like general regalia. Now she sewed herself. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, and just <laughs> she's the, amazing. The story the match told because I was at SummerSlam. I saw the oxygen mm-hmm. get sucked out of the room yeah. with the way Becky won and to basically reenact that yeah with everyone like oh christ are they doing this again yeah which perfect when they troll in service to a to a payoff it's great Mm -hmm. when they troll just to troll and show that hey we're in charge not you that's when they go off but when they bring out ezekiel and say it's not elias it's his little brother oh yeah yeah we're not touching that (laughs) (laughs) we're not going there but no bianca was excellent this is back-to-back great wrestlemania matches for her two two modern classics her her match against sasha was fantastic like sasha's walking around saying she's a hall of famer already yeah bianca's making her really right right there man and and this was Becky came out swinging, and they they have they have great chemistry they anyway do. in the ring every time. So uh, they they delivered this to me. I understand why Stone Cold was at the end because it's Stone Cold. But if any other WrestleMania where you don't have such a big return, mm-hmm. that should have been made. And had it ended with Charlotte Ronda, there'd be a oh lot of Lord. complaints. Oh God, that was. 
Here, I didn't hate that match as much as it's everybody just, else did. It's just so clunky. But the ending was terrible. The ending it's was terrible. So How does Ronda not win? Like, I remember watching that match going, hey, you know, this show hasn't had any uh, booking decisions that make me roll my eyes. And there it as is. soon as Charlotte hit the boot, like, <laughs> oh, there it is. Charlotte winning, LOL. Yeah, that was um, Last thing, the celebs were out in full force. We had Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, and why am I always blanking on third one? Johnny frickin' Knoxville. How do you in, blink in, in, on in Johnny? A, in a jackass man. They just, they just called it a jackass Yeah, match. it was. It was like, a The stipulation was, hey, we brought out all the jackass stuff. Look at including that. Including the giant hand, a, mount, a <laughs> big old mousetrap, a table covered in mousetraps. <laughs> jackass! Yes. Here's the, here's New the, movie. New movie. Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Synergy. Um, I will say, I think my favorite moment, that there was a lot to this whole thing, but my favorite moment was the big giant hand. Like, out of no, it came literally out of, out of nowhere. nowhere. Zane I'm, I'm just like into and it. I don't see anything. All of a sudden, giant hand appears. <laughs> like, where did that come from? I was not looking forward to this match, and I understood why a lot of people were not looking. And forward people to this were match. down on it after. I was like, y'all don't like fun. It was ridiculous, but it won me over by the end. It, it was just party so, boy. so stupid. We man, rodeos have a clown we show. man straight up got in the ring and did a power slam, defying all physics. I don't know how Sammy yeah, was impressive. Like, and I understand why Sammy is like, that was one of my favorite matches. It was ridiculous and memorable, and you will never forget that match. It's comedy pro wrestling at its finest. Yeah, I love like, that. Like, you're not gonna, that's not showing up in the Tokyo Dome, but that can still be appreciated. That's true. But I get why people, like, why people weren't looking forward to it and all that. Was, what, where would you rank this mania? Is this top 10? Is this best of the last top five 10? years? Where, where would you put this? Oh, best of the last five years? Yeah. I will probably say yes. That mm. one I feel might be. That one, 10, I got I to gotta weigh a bunch of stuff. I don't know. I don't want to throw that one out there and go like, well, no, not really. But if, of the last five years, there have been some duds. There's been some stink. <laughs> I, I, will, I will put this, like, I, I think very highly of WrestleMania 35. The length is the big complaint with that yeah. when, you, when you watch it in a, in a manageable amount. Yeah. It is really good. I, I compare this to that one in that the main event, the visual is there, but the yeah. match itself isn't great. But then it also has a moment that you're never going to forget. Yeah. And there's just so much of that, though, throughout this whole thing. Right. I just don't think. I mean, even the stuff we didn't talk about. Edge and AJ Styles, Styles was great. I mean, there's the women's tag match was actually really good. Like, there's a lot of other stuff that was uh, really solid quality. Mm -hmm. And then you get those big pops. I mean, Stone Cold coming out, it's just not. That's, that's something you're never going to forget. Yeah. And having a match and all that, that's, you know, I don't know. So yeah, Kofi, this is one disagrees with you on the edge match. Well, Kofi, this is one of those few wrestling segments where I'm not coming out of this being like, <laughs> Kofi, wrestling's bad and you should feel bad. No, this was a night, a weekend where wrestling was great. No, everybody was lit up, man. It was really good to see did. wrestling Twitter going off. and About like fun. nice, about positive yeah, things. Everybody's having fun. <laughs> yes. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, I love when Twitter, when Twitter syncs up the right way, it's really fun. And wrestling Twitter was fun this weekend. So yeah, shout out to that. All right, Matt, you got to keep going, boy. Oof. All right, we got a lightning round these. Okay. I need to call you boy. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I didn't even know this. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, so, um, hanging out in Nashville. I don't know where to go from now. <laughs> All right, X Men. Yeah, Bringing in the vague racism one. for X Men. <laughs> oh, Here we go. No. X Men. Uh, Janelle, this is your time to shine. Vague racism and X Men. Oh, Here we go. Split up the teams again by color. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about the new comic X Men Red uh, launch. I don't know why I'm launching it. Talking about a comic here. This Why not? My... No, do it. Do it. I know. I'm in it now, so I have to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is usually Matt's beat. But uh, X-Men <laughs> Red. So, spinning out of the events of kind of like still in this House of X, Dawn of X era, this is, we're getting to the next phase. We did the 
10 lives and deaths of Wolverine, and now it's for what came next. We did Immortal X-Men, or as I like to call it, a talkie. Um, <laughs> yeah, we went through that whole thing. So we got a new Krakoan, the next Krakoan world order established. Quiet Council doesn't trust each other. They'll be stabbing each other in the backs. Some people are like, F it, I'm out, and I'm going to Mars, as one does. So Magneto <laughs> is like, he's out, he goes as to Mars. Um, Storm has been ruling Mars. They've changed, they've transferred, in one of our favorite, the X-Men annual, there was this beautiful... X-Men annual where they terraformed Mars with all the mutant powers and, and from the mutants of Krakoa and the mutants of Arako from Tenosaurus, it's all connected. Mm. And uh, now the question is what to do with all these mutants from Arako who are just hanging out on Mars because they're barbaric, right? Like they're, they're, they're basically like apocalypse on crack uh, in terms of how they live life, <laughs> yeah, in terms of right, like might makes right and all their crazy customs. And Storm has been trying to rule this planet and, and keep it together. And now... Abigail Brand and other people, everybody's kind of coming in with these nervous agendas for what to do with Araco, and they want to establish an X-Men group there um, to kind of, you know, maybe give this thing some heroic focus, make it look a little better. Uh, and this first issue is all about the politics of Araco and hanging out. And I'll say about X-Men Red is we came out of Ten of Swords saying, well, Ten of Swords was kind of not what we expected. Uh, which we expected a big, just bloody sword fight. Yeah, there was like yeah. a lot of politics and, you know, politicking and stuff like that. We did love the Araco mutants and mm -hmm. that whole mythology about them and, you know, what's going on with them. And just the characters we met from Iska, the unbeaten, to like, I forget his name, Tarn, the uncaring, like all these crazy new mutant characters. So this is a book that puts that into focus. And yeah. I'm down with that because I like the Araco mutants. Maybe a little bit more than I like what's going on in Krakoa right now. So oh, I like being there. And there's, they took good characters that we know to kind of guide us through this. Yeah. Like Storm is a badass in this. And it's really interesting to see her dealing with all this. Because I love whenever we get gritty Storm and we get to get kind of a Batman point of view from yeah. Storm's head. And see like what she's dealing with and, you know, all the things from just how many knives she keeps on her to how, you know, much of a badass and yeah. smart person she is. Um, and her doing this is is interesting because it's like Storm figuring out her new place. She's not a goddess. She's not a queen. She's, you know, an Omega mutant. And what does that mean? Magneto, we're getting a little bit different Magneto. So that's interesting because he's kind of like just tired and kind of like lost and over it. But of course, he's not done. You get Abigail Brand in this book. Yeah, who dude. I love. You know, you love Abigail Brand. And... They even found something fun for Sunspot to do. Right. Which is like... Of course he, yeah. like, runs a bar. And, like, <laughs> of course he runs this, like, kind of almost, not underground, but kind of this network. Yeah. And it's, it's a perfect spot for him. Hey, Spot. Yeah, there you go. Pun work. Um, so, yeah. And so even Sunspot works. And as Jim points out, this is probably the most accessible thing that new readers looking to get in on X-Men can jump into. Because it's a whole separate planet, a whole separate thing that they've started, and it's new, and it's still taking shape. So that brings me to, Janelle, what did you think of this? Because I know the X-Men books aren't your favorite. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm still <laughs> doing it. I, there's just a lot of backstory you need to have. And even there's though I, I have now read quite a bit because I've been assigned it due to the podcast, I'm still like struggling to know everybody's backstory. I will say that like, I'm with Kofi. I do like Arako better. And I am interested in what's going to happen in the story. This is definitely not one that I hated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm still, it, it really excellent is its own thing. Like, yeah, it's just, you got to wrap your head around it. And uh, I'm slow to the punch, but I feel like I'm getting there when I 
follow. You know, when I see a, a character that I recognize, when I see a storm, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Start it gives here, you like a I landmark. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, yeah. I will also just shout out Thunderbird has a great moment in this. Oh, yeah. There's some, yeah. And but again, Janelle's right. You have to understand Thunderbird to yeah. understand. I'm just going to say I've been in and out of X-Men since the whole Dawn of X House of oh, 10 yeah. thing with like Wolverine. I did the X-Force annual. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the Krakoa saga omnibus to As be a whole thing. big. <laughs> you got an Age of Apocalypse. And I'm just like, and be like just read give me this so I can read it all I understand that. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's uh, fair. Uh, also, uh, Thunderbird, if you are intrigued by what you read in this, has a giant size one shot coming out by AEW writer, now writer and wrestler, Nyla Rose, co-writing that. All so right. uh, that'll be out next month. Um, so yeah, for me, the Thunderbird thing stuck out, but also I agree with, I think Kofi put it perfectly. So we're gonna move on to Batman, number 122, Shadow Boar, part two. Uh, here's Matt the thing. didn't let me read this, just here's so the thing. everybody knows. I, <laughs> <laughs> I gave him well in advance warning. I gave you multiple. I gave you a week. I gave you multiple. You gave me a me day, and I watched the whole movie. I gave him a week, and he didn't read one comic. I have. I haven't finished. I just haven't like finished to put that out there. Yet, so don't look at me. You—they're know, missing the context that you control my DC access. <laughs> I have to go through you. So, Batman one twenty-two, uh, second part of Shadow War. Look, I enjoy when Batman is almost a side character in this kind of story. And I'm cool with that because we read a lot of Batman on the show. There's a lot of Batman books out there. So if you can keep him in the mix, which he is, he's still a vital part of the story. But most of this, like this issue is mostly, I will watch Deathstroke fight alongside Prometheus all day long. Is Rage dead again based off this cover? Or is that a lie? It's okay. It's complicated. <laughs> but uh, all the all that stuff, though, forms the the kind of foundation for the story. Sure. All the Talia stuff and Bruce, all of that comes into it. And I like that. Uh, we also have Robin and, um, oh my God, Ravager. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Raven. Uh, Ravager kind of doing their own thing. There's a lot of different parts, but they're all compelling to me. And they're all fun. It's just like a bunch of really slick looking fighting. And I, and I kind of like this underground saga. And so I, I dug it. It was also, I read this after X-Men Red, so it was a nice change of pace from such a, you know, diving into all that dense stuff. Uh, what did you think? Janelle. I didn't get Janelle. to read it. Yeah, you can, I know yeah, you I read, read it. it. You control my access to DC. I mean, I really look forward to these comics every week. I just, I really do. So anyways, this one was unexpected. I read it this morning and it is so pretty to look at. My gosh, like I, it's just really lovely. Um, the action is crazy. Yeah. And I did not read the first issue, even though Matt told me I needed to. I did not have time. And I followed everything. Like I understood what was happening. I didn't need that, you know, prior knowledge. And I really was into this story, you know, Raza Ghoul and just it, it was really cool. I, I feel so weird spoiling comics. Oh, it's I, like, fine. I, I know it. it just uh, say just, it. Say it. We got no, time for this. We gotta get out of here. Just, it's really, really cool to see all the different layers. Like this one, to me, just makes you want to read more. Like it definitely left me wanting more, for sure. Yeah. No, I felt I felt the same way, um, and I was surprised that it was so new read friendly. I'm not gonna lie, right off the bat. Um, let's get into the poll winner, Moon Knight number ten. Uh, perfectly fitting. Uh, with with what's going on the show and also not fitting, but it it keeps the tone like it has it has a similar tone. So I feel like people who go from the show can jump into this series and they're going to get new layers because this one goes 
way deeper into the character and his mythos and everything. Uh, but this one also was just, I love how this book create like takes villains and paints them in a different way. And I, and I like his supporting cast is really filling out like Moon Knight has had certain characters that are very standby, but has lacked a lot of like extended characters that like you care about. And this is doing a really good job of not just throwing in some people into his rogues gallery, but bringing some people back. It's gorgeous. This book is one of the best looking books that Marvel puts out every week or sorry, every month. Um, I really dug this. If you've been following along, I, I think this is great. Yeah, I mean, this one was a lot of fun, and this new Moon Knight series has been really spectacular, and it can be easy to kind of get caught up in whenever Marvel's doing something with, like, a show or a movie to kind of influence what they're doing on the page, but they're doing something that is distinctly its own new kind of Moon Knight story, but also very fitting, like you said, with where we are with the character on a kind of mainstream level. And this was good. It was kind of an investigative thing with a conversation that had a twist, and uh, the Waxman stuff was awesome. Yeah, and it had Moon Knight doing something really kind of sadistic and messed up at the end, which is kind of fitting for his because character. he's because it's he yeah. lives in the gray, right? So I think that's a good fit. What do you think, Janelle? Oh, yeah. I mean, beautifully said. It's just a fun book. And I'm really just shout out to everybody for voting for Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that everybody's kind of voting with the shows. Yeah, because it helps me. It really helps me to read more Moon Knight to understand the TV. Show. We should all be kind of doing it together. I agree. Last one, uh, because I know Janelle is always excited like me. Uh, Captain Marvel Annual. I am curious. Um, this one actually jumped back and touched on some characters and some stuff from previous runs. Um, so I ended up really liking but I'm actually curious what you thought, because I don't know if you had been able to see some of those characters kind of come in. Yeah, this was I read this first okay. and I read it like on Tuesday. I will say I can't really remember very much about yeah. it. It wasn't like super memorable out of the group, but it is fun. I just remember that every time I read my Captain Marvel, I have a good time and it's fun. And I didn't feel particularly confused by anything. I was really excited about all of these other characters, even though maybe I don't know them. Right. Uh, I kind of got their vibe, like what they were about. Gotcha. And that okay. I think that's a successful comic, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Star Jammers are in this. Star Jammers are always fun. Uh, and then being a character from uh, Sue DeConnick's run of Captain Marvel uh, was was back in the mix. So I was very excited to see her. Uh, but yeah, so that's comics. All right, guys. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We are your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. If you are just getting into the podcast, we are on all your favorite platforms from Apple Podcasts to iHeartRadio and Spotify. You can also watch, watch our live streams on Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook. If you miss the live stream, it's okay. As soon as it's done, we just put the whole video up on those platforms yep. so you can rewatch them. So check it out. If you want to follow the show and keep up to date with everything from news to what we're going to be doing, you can always follow us at Comic Book Nation. You can follow me at Kofi Outlaw. You can follow me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can follow me at Connor Casey CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. All right, guys. And if you want more about what we talked about in more in-depth breakdowns, analysis, Easter eggs, and breaking news, it's always over on comicbook.com. We can find all of these different kind of geek topics explained by our wonderful staff. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for tuning in today, and we will see you next week. This is Comic Book Nation. Have a good one. Peace. Later. <laughs>